can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey, pool dudes and pool dudettes, it's Rudy Stankowitz, and it is Thursday, which means we're going to talk about some CPO stuff. Hopefully, you guys have been having a wonderful August so far, praying that the parts have been easy to come by and that chlorine tablets, your bucket overfloweth, if that's what you use. If you use liquid or granule, I hope you have plenty of that as well. Yesterday, I had to change a light bulb in a 30-year-old fixture. I know. Why not change the fixture? Well, because it's in good shape and it lasted for 30 years. Because things aren't built today the way they were decades ago. So nothing wrong with the fixture. So I decided I'd just change the bulb. Lucky enough, old American products light. I was able to get everything that I needed and just the gasket. I wanted to replace the light ring as well. So I did that. And of course, you know, you take it out and the screw came out nice and easy. Everything went nice and smoothly. The gasket was covered in schmutz and gack and whatever. 30 years of it. Popped it open, came right apart. Everything went back together nice and easy. I'll tell you what, the clamp on that ring can be a little bit of a bitch, but that wasn't too bad either. Plopped it in and we were all good to go. So that was my exciting thing for the... (laughs) Hopefully you have something a little bit more exciting. I did do a pretty cool video with some uh, McCormick's brand alum that's right out of the spice aisle in your supermarket. And I'm going to put that out on YouTube in a couple of days, I think. Yeah, as far as using McCormick's brand alum, the spice out of the spice aisle in the supermarket to treat something pool related. So hopefully it comes out good after I'm done uh, going through it and getting it all viewer ready. I guess we'll call it that. Right now, we're going to jump into chemical testing. But before we do that, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee. You do the same. Let's meet back here in a few. state's going to require you to have a test kit at a public pool. 
if the only test kit at the public pool ever is the one that comes and goes with the pool service company, that's not their test kit. That's the pool service company's test kit. So that facility needs to buy one. If you are the pool service pro and you see that they don't have a test kit there and yours is the only one you ever see there, sell them one. They have to have it to meet code. You can purchase these things wholesale, sell it to them. They have to get it from somewhere. They might as well get it from you. As far as what the state requires, you have to use a DPD means of testing chlorine. That's the big requirement. DPD means of testing chlorine because it can differentiate between total chlorine and free chlorine, which means you can use that testing method to determine whether or not you have combined chlorine to determine whether or not you need to shock that pool to get rid of that combined chlorine. After that, you have to have a means of testing pH. You have to have a means of testing calcium hardness, total alkalinity, and cyanuric acid if you're using it. Most states want you to test chlorine, free chlorine, and pH at least once a day. Some require twice. Some require even more frequently than that. I know you guys know I just did something with the health department up in New Jersey, and what they look for is once every couple of hours. Again, wait, let me back up, because does it have to be the pool operator? Not necessarily. Double-check your health department code. Check with your health official. A lot of the codes read that anyone that can use a test kit can test the water in a public pool. That means these duties can be delegated to any member that you have on your team, whether they're lifeguards or maintenance technicians. Even one of the residents at your condominium complex can take on the responsibility of testing water. Should it be seven days a week that this person does that? No, but it does mean that the CPO doesn't have to work seven days a week just to come in to test the water to meet the requirement of the once-a-day water test. So touch base with your health official on that. Make sure that's something that you're able to do in your area, and then take a load off. Because I know some folks do show up seven days a week just to test the water, and why? Now, this person that you delegate that duty to, they can't do more than test the water. The only thing they can do is test the water and write down the results. If there's a correction that needs to be made to the chemistry, they can't do it. They can't skim the pool, brush the pool, vacuum the pool, backwash the filter, do anything with the equipment or the pool outside of test the water. So be clear. Like I said, outside of chlorine, free chlorine and pH, the health departments don't typically give you a frequency on how often those other things need to be checked, but they do say that you have to have a test kit on hand that has the ability to check total alkalinity, calcium hardness, and again, cyanuric acid if you're using it. Now, that one, there will be a frequency. Usually, it's once a week that they want the cyanuric acid level tested. But again, check your health department code. If you can't see it in your health department code, ask your health official. That's what they're there for. If you test your chlorine daily, you should test, if you test your free chlorine daily, I'll rephrase, you should test your total chlorine as often as you test your free chlorine. If you're testing your free chlorine multiple times a day, I'm happy if you tested your total chlorine at least one of those times. That's the test that you conduct 
to see if you need to shock your pool. It would be ridiculous not to test it. The more frequent you test your chlorine level, the better control of your chlorine chemistry you're going to have. pH, test it daily. There are, depending on your test kit, two other bottles that come with the test for pH. We know, okay, of course, we have phenol red. That's the test solution that we use. And phenol red has the ability to test the pH between 6.8 and 8.2. Problem is, is that scale goes from 0 to 14. So if your pH shows yellow, which is what we would call 6.8, understand that 5.8 is the exact same shade of yellow. In fact, so is 4.8 and 3.8. So when you see that it's yellow, the only thing you can say for sure is that your pH is 6.8 or lower. You don't know how low. 6.8 or lower. That's where these other two bottles come in handy. You should have an acid demand reagent and a base demand reagent. If my pH is low, and I don't know where it is, but I want to correct it, take the base demand reagent. It's a titration test. Titration means we're adding drops to make a color change. The type where you hold it up to the lights of the northern horizon and match the colors by eye, that's known as a colorimetric test. If you break the word apart, it's simple enough. It's colorimetric, colorimetric. Add the drops of the base demand reagent if the pH had showed up yellow until you get the color to the correct color that you want. Count the number of drops it took to get you there. There should be a chart in the back of the book that tells you, based off of the amount of water in the pool and the amount of drops it took to make that correction, exactly how much soda ash you need to add to correct your pH. The same thing holds true on the opposite end. If your pH tests 8.2, the only thing you know for sure is that your pH is 8.2 or higher. Remember, that scale goes up to 14 and the color doesn't get any darker after 8.2. Grab the acid demand reagent. Add a drop at a time. Again, a titration test. We're adding drops to make a color change until you get the pH to the color that you want in your test block. Then go to that chart in the back of the book. It will tell you exactly how much acid you add to make that correction, as long as you know how much water's in the pool. So this gives you the ability to correct your pH when there's an unknown. You can correct your pH all in one shot. I mean, the other alternative is that you add a little bit, come back and check it later. If you're on site, I know you don't have all day to babysit the pH. And if you're a pool service company, you're not coming back. I know you're not coming back. We'll see you on the next visit. Wouldn't it be better if we could just correct it all in one shot and not have to worry about it? I mean, what happens if the Health official shows up while you're trial and error fixing your pH. Don't worry, we'll be good by Friday. They're going to let you go? Probably not. Free chlorine every day. Total chlorine at least once a day. pH every day. If you test your total alkalinity a couple of times a week, I'm cool with that. It doesn't change as frequently as the pH or the chlorine. So a couple of times a week is just fine. Cyanuric acid, like I said, look to your health department code to see the frequency that you have to test that. Calcium hardness, I'm happy if you test that once a month. Once a month is more than sufficient. It doesn't change that frequently. 
If you're using calcium hypochlorite, it'll go up a little bit over time. But again, that's over time. The only thing that would cause a drastic change in your calcium hardness would be a leak, in which case then you would notice that calcium hardness level drops. In fact, a calcium hardness level dropping could very well be your first indication that that pool has a leak. Use all of the tests that you have in that test kit. There's a reason for them. They help you to have better control over that water. Can you use test strips? No. Have test strips come a long way over the years? I think they have. I've run side-by-side comparisons, and I've not seen a huge difference. However, they are still considered to be unreliable, and they are not permitted by health departments across the country. In fact, there's not a health department code in the United States that allows the use of test strips for testing public pool water. So it's a no-go. Same thing with that two-bottle and five-bottle test kit that you get from your pool store. Those use a chemical known as OTO to test chlorine. That does not have the ability to test for free and total chlorine. OTO only tests for total chlorine, so for that reason, you cannot use that in a public pool either. Do they care what you use to test pH, calcium hardness, or total alkalinity? No. I mean, I wouldn't go whipping out the test strips for it, but outside of that, they don't care. I mean, I guess you could. It's really the chlorine reading they're concerned about. Honestly, I don't care what you use. The best test kit for you is the one that gives you the most consistent good results. The one that works best for you. These are your pools. You're taking care of them. It's not my pool. I'm not taking care of it. I'm not going to tell you which one I think is best. I have the test kits that I use. And I have drop tests. I have photometers and I have meters and the brands. I'll tell you, I use Taylor, Lamont and Hawk. Those are the ones that I happen to use. Doesn't mean that their others aren't any good. I just only need so many test kits. And those are the ones that I use. If you have to get a marble notebook or whatever you use to write your results down in, make sure you write down your results. If you don't write down the results, you're skipping the easy part. That's your report card on you. Write them down. Be proud of your readings. Make sure to write them down so you get credit for doing your job, right? You have to test the water. You want to make sure that everybody knows you tested the water. Write it on the health department log sheet or whatever you're using. Photometers are a fantastic tool to use if you have an indoor pool because it has its own light source. It sends a fixed beam of light through the sample, and then it reads the results for you. In fact, they'll actually even give you a digital reading, so you're not sitting there trying to match colors. Why an indoor pool? Fluorescent lighting is the worst possible lighting you could use for a test where you have to match colors by eye, just simply because of the effect it has on your eye's ability to see color. We already know even when you're outdoors, you're supposed to hold that test block up to the lights of the northern horizon. The reason for that is because of the way that lighting affects your eye's ability to see color. You see color best facing the northern horizon. So if your day starts before day and you're using the light at the top of the lamppost, no bueno. A flashlight? Forget about it. It's not going to work. 
You want the lights from the northern horizon. Even if you're facing the southern skies, your results are not going to be as accurate as they would have been as if you were facing the north. So with an indoor pool, you have two things you can do. Because of the fluorescent lighting, you can either take your sample outside and hold it to the lights of the northern horizon or use a photometer and test it indoors. The cool thing about a photometer is, especially if you have multiple people testing the water, multiple people on staff with water testing responsibilities like you'll often see with lifeguards or maintenance personnel, it reads the same every single time. People see color differently. It may only be a shade or two, but people do see color differently. A photometer will give you more consistent results if you're going from person to person with water test responsibilities. Takes out human perception and lighting as a factor, you'll get better results. If you, yourself, or one of your team members is colorblind, a photometer will be your absolutely only way to test water because it gives that digital reading, because you don't have to match the colors, you don't have to see the colors. So in that case, a photometer might be the right kit for you. If somebody has a diarrhea accident in the pool, that is the procedure you will need to follow. You have to get the chlorine level in the pool water up to 20 parts per million. We've talked about this. That's part of the CDC's fecal incident response guidelines. That's what the health departments have adopted as their code. No way around it. We got to bring the chlorine level up to 20. So you're going to need an FAS DPD means of testing chlorine. That's Foxtrot Alpha Sierra, FAS DPD. Still a DPD test, but it uses powders and it's a titration test. So we're going to be counting drops again to make a color change. So it's not the same as the colorimetric when you hold the test block up to the lights and match the color by eye, we're going to be adding drops again to make a color change. And this FASDPD kit can accurately test up to 20 parts per million. The drop test, even with the photometer, can only test up to 10. 10 parts per million. That's it. Anything above 10 parts per million, it can bleach out your test results. If you're using a drop test or a photometer to treat a diarrhea accident in a swimming pool, you are only guessing at whether or not you got the chlorine level high enough to eradicate cryptosporidium. That's the protozoa that we're concerned with. Now you're playing games with people's health, and that, that sucks. Don't do that. Get the right test kit. You don't have to change everything. You can buy the FAS DPD method of testing chlorine just as a standalone, just the powder test. It's like 40, 50 bucks. Buy it, sit it on a shelf. It's there if you need it. The powders are good for four years. Four years. If after four years you haven't touched it and you have to throw it away because the powders have expired, do not feel like you wasted the 40, 50 bucks on the test kit. Instead, I would celebrate the fact that nobody had diarrhea in my pool in four years. After that, it's simply a question of responsible dosing. And in the case of a public pool, responsible dosing is the law. You should own a test kit for everything that you put into that water that a test kit exists for. If you're putting it in, you should own it. If your pool service company adds it and you are the facility, you also need to own the test kit for anything that goes into your pool. As an example, let's say you are a facility 
and your pool service company comes and they decide they're going to add a copper algicide to the water. Guess what? That pool service company should own a copper test kit if they're using a copper algicide, but you, now that they're using it in your pool, you must own a copper test kit. The same thing applies to silver. If your pool service company adds silver to your pool, a lot of folks will use silver as a bacteria side. If they add silver to the pool, they should own a silver test kit, but now you must own that silver test kit. Like I said, anything that goes into the water that a test kit exists for, you have to own it. Now, with that said, if you are the pool service company and you decide that you're going to start using a copper algicide in a facility's pool, you have two choices. Two real, I mean, three choices, really. You can tell them that they need to get a copper test kit. You could give them a copper test kit, or you could sell them one. No matter what, they have to have one. Me personally, I'm going to sell it to them. If they need a copper algicide and copper algicide is part of my protocol of care, then by all means, yes, they will need to purchase a copper test kit and they will need to purchase it from me. There's no reason that you should leave money on the table as part of your protocol of care. That's just ridiculous. So keep that in mind. If the facility has a saltwater pool, then that facility must own a salt test kit. If flock is used in that facility's pool, that facility is going to need to own a test kit that can test for aluminum. Anything that's added to the pool that a test kit exists for, they have to own it. It says so in the public pool code. And if you do use it, sell them the test kit that they have to have on hand to meet the requirement of the code. Even if they never use whichever test kit it was that we talked about that they have to have that you sold to them, those reagents have to be good. So check the expiration dates periodically. Just because it's there, just because nobody ever touches it, it has to be ready to go, which means that the reagents cannot be expired, which also means periodically you should be selling that facility new test reagents for that test kit that they have on site. Again, whether they ever use it or not, they still have to have it. If you are the facility, expect to have that occur. Unless, of course, you're doing on-site maintenance, which I know a lot of you are, which, which is fantastic. Then you have to make sure that your reagents are up to date. And you also have to make sure that you own a test kit for anything that you put into that pool. That a test kit exists for. As far as test kit interferences go, and there are some doozies and there are some valuable lessons that you can learn from these, on my website, onlinepoolclasses.com. Again, my website, onlinepoolclasses.com. I have a course. It's at a nominal fee. I think it's like 10 bucks on water testing and test kit interferences. It gives you visual examples. There's videos I show you in this course, which I think is only a couple of hours long, but go through it. It'll reinforce the techniques used in water testing. It'll talk again about the different tests that we test for and the importance of, but the portion on interferences, 
that's pretty cool because it'll show you some things that you'll run into out in the field that you may not have known what they were before. And then it also lets you know the other things you can tell about your pool by looking at the interferences and how they affect your regular tests. So that's something worth taking a look at. And again, that's on my site, onlinepoolclasses.com. Go check it out. If you're looking for a CPO class, hit me up at cpoclass.com. Click on the schedule of registration page. That'll take you to my schedule of classes, both in person and virtual through the end of 2022. Find one that works for you. With the virtual classes, you can take a CPO class with me from anywhere in the world where you can get an internet connection. How cool is that? I also have a bunch of prep materials for the CPO class on that site. So if you go to cpoclass.com, click on the tab that says CPO practice test. There you will pull up flashcards, downloads, a bunch of different things that can help you make sure that you are in the best absolute shape going into that CPO class. That's it for now. Until next Thursday, be good, be safe. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 